Cybersecurity is an ever-growing field, and representation within it matters more than ever. We here at the Other Side of the Firewall podcast strive to highlight those movers and shakers and glass ceiling breakers, people of color who have made it to the other side of the proverbial firewall into those senior and C-suite level positions. Aside from interviews of IT professionals just like you, our crew will have fun discussing the latest and greatest news, measures to protect yourself from bad actors on the interwebs, and sprinkle in some games and entertainment as well. Now with that out of the way, let's get to the show. Hey listeners, this is Ryan. Uh, This is just a little public service announcement. During post-production, I noticed that we're having a lag issue, and I think it's due to me being so far away from my co-host, almost 7,000 miles. Uh, It may have induced a little bit of lag, and then it caused time sync um, to kind of go crazy between me and my co-host. It doesn't happen until around the hour mark, so please bear with us. We're going to get this fixed for the future. And please enjoy the show. Uh, I thought it was great. Just at the very end, we do have uh, some audio issues. Thank you. Happy New Year, everybody. My name is Ryan Williams. And today, as always, I'm joined by Shannon Tynes and LaVon Maynard. Good day to you. Today's show, we will discuss our thoughts, beliefs, hopes, etc. for this platform and a powerful mobile phone surveillance tool out there in the wild. But first... How's everybody's new year? Man, new year, uh, I'll tell you like this. So the last couple of years, I don't even know if I've even made it to midnight, right? Like it's one of those things where if you're <laughs> if you're over 30, you probably got to take a nap to make it to midnight. Well, I'll say 35. If you're over 35, you know, you probably got to take a nap yeah. to, to, to get to midnight. And for me, we actually made it this year, but it wasn't because we were celebrating, you know, New Year's or anything like that. Like we just happened to be watching a movie when midnight came across and I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll you now mm-hmm. so i said to my wife you know i guess i'll give you a kiss you know it's <laughs> like a killer <laughs> you know? but no it's not even it's not even something i really celebrate man like i'm a homebody i don't go out anywhere if i go out somewhere you know people are drinking i'm probably too scared to be out there driving coming home you know worried about other people so stay in the house watch the movie um that was about it man but you know the new year seems like the last mm-hmm. year i can't complain which uh, which movie okay. did you watch? What were we watching? We were watching uh, it was Avengers two actually, Age of Ultron. Oh, know, okay. Which nice. people don't seem to like, but I, I like that movie. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I'm, I'm not gonna. What lie. the? <laughs> I'm not a not a fan of the second. Yeah. <laughs> That's all good. I, I like that one too though. It has like a lot of the fin. Uh, I don't know the just the boss the the bad guy the main uh, yeah. antagonist in that movie just. Uh, He's kind of a, he's kind of cool. He's yeah. kind of different. Great, great voice actor. Right? You know, his perspective yeah. on him. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm just like I'm just like Shannon too. I'm, I kind of uh, once you get past a certain age, I think you know New Year's becomes kind of a you know like uh, just a challenge just to even stay awake past past twelve o'clock, and then then we're not partying like the the youngsters going out to the to the clubs and uh, drinking it up. Obviously, I mean it's COVID now, so COVID time, so. I know a lot of that stuff's not going on, but even if it wasn't going on, I'd probably be doing the same thing I'm, I was I did uh, this year, which was stay home and watch the ball drop. And uh, we had some, we had a little glass of sparkling cider. I had some little hors d'oeuvres or whatever, and some appetizers to to munch on. Uh, but besides that, it was pretty. It's pretty chill, laid back, and um, I did a, a quick call with the family uh, to like a uh, a video call with 
me and some of the family just celebrating the the, the new year. And uh, that was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much all I did. How about you? How about you, Ryan? Yeah, 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 yeah. I did way more than <laughs> way more than me. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'll I'll continue to make this party lame. So I <laughs> I went to sleep <laughs> probably like eleven o'clock my time just so I can wake up for uh, midnight East Coast and then you know count down with my wife and kids. Um, but then they went to sleep right after that. So. <laughs> nice. Dang, that sounds like man. Pretty boring. Oh my god, that's just that sounds that's super exciting. Year, that's because you hit the new year before all of us. It was old news by the time it got to them. You know what I mean? You're like, oh. right, right. Yeah, almost a whole, almost yeah, a whole I'm, day before you. Right. right. It's like <laughs> yeah, it's no ball dropping over here. It's like, yeah. dropping no ball over here. Y'all just now uh, celebrating that? Dang, celebrate that hours ago. But yeah, I, I didn't really do anything either. Uh, you know, it's 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 COVID season. Like next year, though, I plan on I'm going to actually do something. I never do anything, but next year, mm. if if uh, the world doesn't descend into chaos, <laughs> I'm going out. Yeah, what you think you're gonna do? You're gonna uh, you're gonna try to like party up somewhere. You're gonna try to hit up some uh, some friends or something like that, friends and family. Uh, I should be back in in Florida. Um, so they they do something on the Riverwalk. So I did it two years ago. So 2019, I actually went there and they they dropped the ball. They had like a concert mm. out by the uh, out by the water. It's really nice. nice. Really nice. Dang. Um, they didn't do that this year, obviously, um, because it, it's like packed shoulder to shoulder if they hadn't done it. Right. Um, so hopefully, you know, next year, um, things will be different, but we'll see. That's what's up. But Hey, I appreciate y'all, y'all, uh, jumping on. I know, you know, it's long weekend for everybody, but, uh, I think, you know, there's plenty to talk about this week. Uh, when it comes to topic one, what I wanted to dwell into was kind of about the platform. We're not just kind of, but definitely about the platform. Uh, we've all had conversations about it, kind of what we're going for here. And uh, I actually had some interactions online with uh, uh, people of color uh, and everybody's perspective is not the same. So I kind of just wanted to, you know, bounce off my thoughts of, uh, of the platform. Um, actually made little notes. I had three, three uh, mini points, right? I wanted to discuss why the platform exists, I wanted to discuss, scroll, scrolling, uh, my concerns about the messaging and perception, because everybody does not see um, the, the same definition of people of color that I, I may see. Uh, and then the third point being uh, why I'm going to keep pressing uh, with the platform. And, you know, I, I take feedback, constructive and otherwise. So I'm just trying to get a, a hold of what people's needs are and then, you know, what I perceive my ability and our ability as a, a, a team is to uh, to meet those needs. Um, so I guess a little bit of the backstory. Um, I've I've been wanting to do this for a while. Uh, I discussed with my wife. You know, I wanted to get my credentials up, kind of get my my cyber street cred up a little bit before I, I jumped into it. But you know, 2020 was a very trying time for all of us, and IT, as we all know, um, is not very um, diverse, you know? So there, there's lots of diversity programs to try to make it more diverse, but uh, when it comes down to it, it's not very diverse. Uh, almost 70% of IT are, uh, are not people of color and most of them are male. So there's not a lot of women in it and there's definitely not a lot of people of color in it. Uh, blacks make up 7% or less. 
I think Asians make up like maybe 14%, Hispanics make up maybe 11%. Um, those numbers might not be uh, very accurate um, per se, but those are the highs if, if, uh, if those numbers were to, uh, to be investigated. So I thought, hey, you know what? I know a bunch of people of, uh, of color who are in IT, uh, I see a lot of it, you know, being a military veteran. But then when you cross over to the civilian sector, it drops off um, tremendously. So before we move on to um, uh, point number two, I just kind of want to get you guys thoughts. Uh, obviously I picked my team um, from the, uh, the people that I worked with, the people I know who are knowledgeable, the people I know who have the credentials and experience to, uh, to make this platform happen. However, Ourselves, we're not a very diverse team. We're three black men. Um, so, I, you know, I had my list of people I definitely wanted to go to. You two were my top. Um, call it a crime of proximity. You know what I mean? Like, I don't necessarily know a ton of people of color who, That's okay. <laughs> in IT who aren't black males. Right. But, but you know, uh, it's more diverse than it otherwise would be. But let me let me get so yeah. I, like when you approached me about it, it was something that I had thought about. Right in 2020, with other things that are going on, and again, I don't want to get into politics or anything like that. But with some other stuff that's going on in the world, um, it was something that kind of came came up a, a little more brighter for me to think about and more to the forefront. Right. So it's something that you notice and you see, and you're like, ah. Uh, yeah, I see. I guess that's just the way it is. But after 2020, it was or coming up in the 2020, it was one of those things where uh, I retired in was that 2019. So one February 2019 was my first day as a civilian, and I noticed that that even though there was minorities in the military, we were the minority in the military, and it wasn't as many of us, you know, people of color when it came to IT. I noticed it got to be even less as I went into the civilian sector, right? Um, and it, it's it's weird to say, but when you talk to some people that come out of the military, I'm starting to see a lot of them, and this is IT folks I know even, that don't stay in IT, right? So I don't know if it's a matter of they're not able to get the jobs, they don't want the jobs, or they just was never their passion, right? Whatever it may be, but uh, I'm seeing that they're they're going into other ventures, right? And maybe again, it just wasn't their passion. Maybe it was something they did for the military, um, and they decided to pursue it. And you know, the military does does a pretty good job of keeping you keeping you uh, keeping you certified, keeping you doing things that they need you to do, right? They're getting a lot better at it than what they used to when I first got into the career field back in 2004, right? Used to be a little bit behind in DOD, but that's no longer the case, right? Because we we see how serious it is. Just in our, our last few weeks of topics. I mean, specifically, it has hit DOD, you know, other U.S. departments, you know, places that that, that handle things right. that are very serious for us. So we've gotten, we've gotten more into thinking about it and it's it, more care and more uh, more attention is being a paid being paid when it comes to IT. But um, no, this is this is something that's a very good subject. Right. So it's one of those things that um and, and i'll put this out there right i know it's not like a family show or anything like that but i'm i'm actually in an interracial marriage right so for me it's one of those things i worry about with my children where it's like it's it's kind of like the the one drop of black blood rule right it only takes one and you're black it doesn't matter right it's just kind of how right. that's mm-hmm. kind of how society right. sees it so it's one of those things where when you have to have these conversations with your children, if my if my my sons and daughters, if they want to pursue what I'm doing, they want to get an IT, 
well, dad, what did you do? Well, I went around and did this route, this, this route, right? And these are the pitfalls you need to look out for. Um, right now, I'm not a major CEO of a company, right? But I could tell you what I think a major CEO of a company needs to be looking for, right? Um, but it's just conversations that I have to have with my children. And it's a little weird because uh, I think because I'm in an, an, an interracial marriage and my children are biracial that they they will have to deal with this in a situation where they may not be accepted anywhere, right? Like they may not be accepted on that 70%, right? They may not be accepted in that, that mm-hmm. uh, 6%, you said, Ryan, was 6%? Some, yeah, 6%, 6%, right, you know what I'm Because it's like, oh, no, you're not on this side. Oh, no, you're not on this side. But it is, I want it to be to where there is, there is a big pie here. So let's not, let's not go and look at this like, oh, if we give more to people of color, like we have to make the pie bigger. No, the pie is large enough. You know what I mean? The pie is large enough for everybody to to coincide inside of this. Is is my stance, right? And again, if you got if you guys feel different, I mean, let's make let's make the opinion known. But it's not like we have to to bake a bigger pie. Everything is there for us. It's just a matter of making the opportunities get out there. We're not trying to take anything from anyone else. We just want the equal shot at it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Give me the equal chance. Right. But that's kind of my my stance on mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think Shannon makes some great points. I think I feel, I feel a lot, you know, feel very similar to what Shannon feels as far as a lot of these uh, points. Obviously 2020 has been a very important um, year for everybody as far as a lot of things going on. And even like some of the culture, maybe culture classes, clashes uh, um, that have been going on throughout the year. And I think uh, obviously IT, um, I guess statistically is not as well represented of the um you know minority population uh at least like the black as far as i can uh, as i've seen uh compared to other you know other jobs or um other opportunities out there so i think it's great that you know there's a platform that people people of, poly- of color as well as people not of color as well if they want to get a perspective of people of, of color as well or even get some information that you know we can kind of show that you know people of color uh can make an impact people in color have have uh knowledge and skills in these various fields and that if another person that maybe um has not you know taken that that jump that leap to try to get into the field or to try to try to educate themselves they can see that you know it can be done and there's a lot of uh i think we're you know we're all successful you know in our ways as far as um our it careers or our professional careers and um I think, you know, this is a great platform for that, great platform for people to be able to see that as well as, as for us to kind of discuss some of the things that are going on in the world, um, you know, whether it just affects us or just, you know, big, big news stories that, that affect, you know, companies in general or, or your data and, and privacy and things like that. Um, I think it's a great way to get that, that information out there. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, you know, I feel a lot of the same, same things that Shannon, Shannon mentioned that, um, um, you know, it's 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 been a tough year and i think uh, i think if we we can kind of analyze you know some of these some of these companies can kind of take a look at you know their hiring practices and and just make sure that they're they're doing their best to represent everybody and make sure that people that are working for the company are being um being taken care of as far as just as equally as you know other employees are not not being shunned for you know their views or their their perspective on things um, I think it's very important that, uh, that 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 kind of stuff is is kind of uh, 
I don't know, kind of analyzed or kind of viewed and, and made sure that that it, it kind of corresponds with with the culture in America. And I think, you know, if we can get IT, you know, jobs in general to be kind of represented representative of the 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 population in the states, I think that would be a great thing. And hopefully, you know, this is like a small step, small small thing that we can do to kind of help push that along and help inspire some other people to and, make and, those choices. And, that, and that's what I, and that's so, and that is the hope, right? Like that we hope that someone does listen to this and maybe it does give them a, a greater appreciation for IT, right? Because we discussed a few weeks ago that mm-hmm. the stuff our children are growing up with now, like I never did anything like this, right? Like me and my wife were having a conversation the other day because we were watching a movie and a typewriter was on there. We were talking about how we do stuff in school yeah. on typewriters, <laughs> right? Much of my children don't know what a typewriter right. is. Right? If I put a typewriter down in front of my children, they'd be like, mm-hmm. what is this? You know what I mean? But but right. in, this, in this day and age, right. and again, with us doing a podcast, right? Like this is the medium for you to get stuff out to, you know, the, 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 the younger generations of today and even the older ones, right? Like there are older people doing podcasts as well. But the hope is that we spark the interest um, for people of color to, to further pursue this, right? Um, and again, IT is not for everybody, right? We all get this. It's one of the things where even when we do stuff like, even though we are we are we are kind of aimed at people of color, not everything we talk about is specifically about that, right? Like we talk about games, you know what I mean? We talk about movies. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's all yeah. around, you know, about stuff that's going on. Absolutely, I think that's important yeah, too. Definitely. Yeah, because it's just not it's not for everybody. And then, like you were saying, I mean, we talk about other things besides IT. People just to kind of relate on, you know, get a, get our personality and our perspective on just like you know fun things that we like to do to keep keep ourselves entertained and. I think that's uh, that's important as well. Right, definitely. And uh, before I move on to, to my my mini point number two, I want to circle back to something Shannon said, where he said that uh, basically the uh, the pie is big enough. Um, it's just a matter of being the the proper proportions, right? Mm-hmm. But I would like to take it even a step further. So uh, back in 2017, Cisco had their whole CCNA cyber ops initiative, where they're trying to find um, uh, people of color, women veterans to fulfill security roles because they projected that there was a million positions in cybersecurity that were vacant or should be opened up uh, soon to protect industry, uh, so on and so forth. And now we see now in 2020, they weren't that far off because uh, another nation state completely um, clowned us and and, um, and get into almost every value, every valuable and vulnerable network that we had at a national level. Uh, so there's more than enough space. Like if, if someone of color uh, wants to pursue cyber, jobs will be opening up. If they're not already open, because they already said there's a, a million vacancies, there will be more openings. So hopefully, like you guys were saying, this does inspire like somebody who wanted to dabble in IT. Maybe they'll pursue that, that cyber route only because like, it's, it's, it's almost akin to being a firefighter right now. Like everybody is, is booking it. Like you saw the uh, a few companies lost their CEOs prior to this breach, and they're probably going to lose even more CIOs and CEOs who just weren't um, paying attention. So we need people to rush in and learn these skills and move up the ladder. So I definitely see lots of opportunities. Um, if there was a million back in 2017, there's got to be right, yeah. two, three million. For now. sure. Demand went um, up, right? Yeah. Vacant. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, especially in cyber. Um, and then when it comes to my point number two, so I have some concerns about messaging and perception, right? So I, I had some some messaging issues when I was trying to explain what I was going for, even when I spoke to uh, family members as well as uh, to you guys. Like, is it 
is it people of color meaning that we're spotlighting specific person of color like is this a black it podcast uh to which those do exist um or is this a big tent uh you know any pretty much anybody who's not uh trying to trying to think uh it's rather reductive but um if you distill people of color as a terminology what i have read uh and understand to be is uh people who are not white is basically what it can boil down to like obviously there's a lot more to it than that but um because it is is predominantly white um people of color in it are the the minorities the people who are not of white descent that uh make up the the other what is that it's 32 i can't do math in public 20 there you go nice <laughs> they didn't hire before math skills all right um so what I think what I'm trying to get across is that it's it's big tent. Mm-hmm. Like we are three three black men who um, have skills and and uh, and knowledge to do with IT. And again, uh, if this is a is a crime, then it's a crime of proximity. These are the people I know that I know to be knowledgeable and uh, to help be make me more well rounded, right? Uh, when we talk about these these uh, these topics, uh, do I know uh, black women? Hispanic men, Hispanic women, so on and so forth, Asian uh, men and women. Yes, I do. Um, there's a few more on my list that these guys had turned me down, but they did. <laughs> so blame them. <laughs> they, they, they they took your jobs, right? But uh, in all seriousness, um, that that is so that that is the general idea. And when we have people on and we interview those people, they won't just be just um, black people in IT. It'll be other people that. We have made connections with um, that are doing amazing things in IT as well. So it's it's big tent. But my concern is everybody does not see that terminology the same, mm-hmm. and I fear it may be a uh, an age and demographic situation. Um, so I was telling Shannon recently, I got into a conversation on LinkedIn. Uh, it was pretty simple because LinkedIn is is pretty simple. It wasn't like a, a Twitter um, argument, but um, in one of my circles that I am connected to in there, they were spotlighting a, um, I think she was first generation Vietnamese uh, uh, woman. She was, she was both the youngest and maybe the first um, Vietnamese woman to hold a political position. Um, and I, I believe it was California. So, so she met those two criteria and they, they were calling her a woman of color. And I actually saw some backlash because of it. So that blew my mind, uh, maybe because I'm a millennial and people of color has been a term that meant something different to me than I saw older people uh, comment that she was not a woman of color. Uh, one man, I thought he was asking a question because he was like, what woman of color? So I naively responded, this woman of color. And then I kind of broke down what people of color meant. His response was, I believe in 1909, that's not what the NAACP meant by uh, people of color. Uh, to which I was completely perplexed, right? Because it's not people of color, it's colored people. And I thought that that was them turning a a, um, pejorative into a platform of power. But again, there's an age difference there. This man was was looking at his picture, he had to be in his mid to late 40s, maybe even 50s. And here I am in my mid 30s, perhaps we see it differently. So that leads me to ask you guys the question. Um, 
we're pretty much all the same age range, but obviously experience is, is, uh, is different. But do you think that there is a conflict there? Like, do, do you perceive that maybe the, the marketing isn't necessarily uh, meshing well with the- So uh, I think uh, like to, to go to your NAACP argument, right? So like when you see the NAACP take action, who's it usually for, right? That's kind of that's kind of how they get associated with just black people, right? You right. know what I mean? Advancement of colored people, like okay, well that doesn't say just black people, right? Like like you were saying, um, I feel the same way. So it's it's not just black people, right? It can be black, Asian, uh, Latin, you know, what, whatever it is. But I but I have seen some other things. So like I've read up on this as well, and I've seen some things where you will see, you know, even Hispanic people will say, "Hey, we're not people of color," you know what I mean? And I just I don't know. Maybe I just don't understand it because I am. I mean, I'll put it out there. I think I'm the oldest of the three of us, right? I don't have a four in the beginning of my age yet, but you know, I still, I think I'm the oldest of all of us, right? But like, (laughs) but like, um, I I see what you're saying, right? Like to me, um, and and this is a discussion we've kind of had, you know, kind of off, off air, if you want to say or whatever, um, about what we're going to present, right? We don't want to just make it seem like we're only talking about Black people, but when you look in the news, what is happening, right? It's usually against Black people. That 6% is taken, like, if I was to guess, 90% of the of the, of the racism, you know, or, or, in, or, or uh, what am I trying to say? Racial injustice, you know, things of that nature. It, it usually comes to, you know, uh, uh, Black people, you know what I mean? Um, so I think that's why it may be it may be one of those things where people hear the term people of color and, and immediately they go to black, right? That's just what they do. Um, but no, I don't, I don't agree with that either though. I think it should be anyone who was not white is my thinking behind it. And again, I've read up on this, right? And I, I'm one of those people that I will take in all information, right? I'm not, I don't go to, I don't go to uh, just one source to reaffirm what I already think, right? The way you get educated and the way you get smarter is going out and reading different things, right? Like I read different new, news articles. I read things that I'm fairly certain feel different from what I do, but I need to, I need to go out there, right? I can't go into the echo chambers and see stuff that just agrees with my point of view, right? Um, I heard, uh, I heard DL Hughley say this one time, right? And it was very insightful. It, it was, uh, he actually went on the Fox and it was Megan Kelly. I think it was, he went against, and they kind of got into an argument and he said, only cowards play home games. That's what he said. So it, if you want to learn something different, or if you want to teach somebody something different, you got to go out there where, you know, you're not welcome. You know what I mean? Uh, and I'm not saying that's what we're doing. I'm not saying we're trying to make enemies of people or anything like that. Right. But, but but it's not one. But it's not one of those things either, <laughs> right. where we're going out there and saying, "Okay, uh, people who are not people of color can't listen to this podcast." This is this podcast is for everyone to listen to, right? But it, it does have it does have an audience that it's going for to help right. them, right? But this is how people who are not people of color can learn, right? These are the experiences. These are the things that are going on out there that they may not be. Um, aware of because they may have went to their echo chamber, right? Their news source may not be putting out there. Uh, Dr. Gabriel, you know, is going through this or, uh, or the other female, her name, her, the other woman, her name escapes me. The one that uh, the partnership with Google. Uh, Abigail, there you go. Was it, was it, um, uh, the situation Abigail? that's going on with them where they terminated the, the, the partnership with Google. Um, they just may not be seeing that. Right. And again, it may not be intentional. It may just be that that's one of those things, right? Like these, these different news organizations get ratings because the people are going to them because it either reinforces what they want to hear or it's stuff that they, they know. Um, well, kind of along the same lines, it's stuff that they want to hear, but 
that's kind of my feeling on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I think it's it's a definitely a valid point as far as like uh, it's definitely worth discussing. Discussing. Uh, I know you know off the air we maybe we talked about this a little bit, but um, you know I don't want to like speak for any other group, but I know that you know other cultures um, they may find that. Um, it's almost like a, it's kind of a negative connotation for some cultures, even Asian or Latin cultures to be uh, described as a person of color or even to, even in the culture themselves, like having a, a darker complexion, it's not like looked at as like a, uh, a highlight. Uh, so I, I think a lot of, uh, you know, several cultures possibly potentially don't like to use that, that phrase to describe them. And I, you know, I can understand that to extend. Obviously, it's a, definitely got to respect people's views, and because um, it is kind of very generalized. And I mean, people of color, you know, just saying that you're not white, uh, and there's, you know, very there's a lot of other subset of uh, of backgrounds within that. If you're just trying to exclude uh, European like descent, um, you know, got these other countries that um, are getting represented, and obviously, like you know, Native Americans, things like that. Um, so it's, it is like a, a big spectrum and some people within those, those, uh, that spectrum don't really want to be identified as somebody of color for whatever reason, whether it's because they, you know, that culture and their background is, I know some cultures were, um, potentially if you had darker complexion, that was a kind of a sign that you were somebody that worked in the field or you were somebody that, that didn't really, uh, you know, you weren't uh, of a higher class that you weren't in, you know, uh, somebody that's inside of a house doing business deals or what have you, or doing some things that are more of a of in that indoor, you know, writing proposals and things like that, whatever you want to describe. But uh, somebody would have a darker pleasure was out in the fields and doing work, uh, you know, picking rice, picking cotton, picking whatever. Um, so it's like a, it's a term that I think, you know, maybe, you know, maybe something that we, we can consider in the future as far as, you know, modifying within our, 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 um, you know, within our, our forum here, just to maybe be more inclusive of other groups that don't really consider themselves as colored per se, but maybe, um, you know, maybe there's something else that we can use to describe them. But I think generally speaking, what we're going after is just people that are, you know, we're fo- mostly focusing in the United States, but people that are not getting represented within their group, or within their, within IT, uh, whether it's, you know, African-American, whether it's like, uh, you know, Native American, uh, even like, uh, I would say that at least with some of the companies I've, I've been a part of, I think maybe the Asian community is a little bit more represented, represented than, uh, you know, uh, black Latino. Um, so I think, you know, those groups of people that are a little bit underserved uh, is what we're kind of trying to help inspire as well with our, with our form here. And whether we describe them as people, people of color or, you know, minorities or, um, you know, um, you know, underrepresented, you know, groups, whatever you want to describe them as. I think it's just important that we we have some sort of voice box to, to try to help push them along. And and hopefully that, you know, we don't offend anybody with using that term. And, and hopefully we can we can come to like some sort of agreement where we can make sure that everybody feels feels comfortable with whatever we use as a, uh, a description to uh, uh for these groups make sure that they uh right. don't have any any issues with it 
but that's kind of my view. And I think, you know, right. it's a, I, you know, obviously I'm not Latin. I'm you know, like you said, I'm, I'm black. I, I haven't grown up in uh, those cultures. I, I know that is actually a thing that um, I think I read something uh, earlier, like through a wiki, Wikipedia article that Cuban Americans, actually 85% of them um, identify themselves as white. Um, so I think it's something within Latin community that they don't even, you know, don't view themselves. And I think I've even seen that on like different, um, uh, um, like census or like things, things where you mark off like your, your, your background, it'll actually say like white Hispanic or like, um, some yeah, other options where it actually has like white next to like Hispanic like that, yeah. and it's, yeah. it's, it is a thing. Yeah. Right. Latino noun, white, something to that effect. I think that is like a thing within the Latin community where they don't, you know, maybe identify as a somebody of color, and they, you know, may want to say that they are white. I mean, they, uh, I guess in Spanish, if you really think about it, I mean, I guess they're from Spain, or like, a, uh, and so maybe that's considered like a European, you know, European descent. So they are kind of, I guess, white. If you want to want to label it like that, if you're from a European uh, country, so uh, it's, uh, I guess it's, and I guess we can go down a big old tangent about that, but it's. Uh, I guess it is what it is, and maybe we just have to be, be you know, conscious maybe, of that and try to make sure. Maybe, maybe they just don't want the vitriol that comes with it either, right? So it's one of those things where, you know, you call yourself a person of color, mm-hmm. and then you you have that far side that's going to be like, oh, you know, here we go again, right? You know, and the third and social justice warriors, and right. you know what I mean? Like, no, it's not. It's it, like this is what everyone should <laughs> have. Why should it be different for people of color, right? Yeah, definitely. So. I guess like it's it's still a a, a topic to be further discussed, uh, but I think our our uh, our audience um, knows that we're not trying to exclude anyone. I like what you said. Like it's not a show where basically if you're white, don't listen to our show. That's not what we're trying to say at all. We're just trying to highlight uh, highlight and uh, put a spotlight on those people who are like Levine said, underrepresented. Um, so we're not trying to uh, exclude anyone. However, um, when it comes to um, the, the articles, the news and the guests and what have you, we're trying to shine a spotlight on those 7%ers, 11%ers, 14%ers, um, those groups that are, are not the 68% that uh, has most of the media coverage. So I, I do like both of your perspectives on it. Um, and I would like to uh, assimilate that uh, however, also, I guess I don't want to do a whitewashing to other people of color and in, 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 um, not making them feel like they're a specific person. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I, I guess I can kind of see that as well. Um, so there, there's that fine line there, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to trying to lump you into a, a group you don't want to be lumped into, but you probably wouldn't be listening to the show anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you would have turned us off 30 minutes ago. <laughs> right. So. You know, there's 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 a a, a little bit of a, a tightrope there. But what would what would be awesome is if people gave us their feedback. Um, mm-hmm. If you are still listening and you don't quite a, a agree with the uh, the perspective, or if you have a a different um, point of view you like to get across, then definitely hit us up, uh, send us an email, um, and the email address is within the the podcast link, or send us a voicemail, which is also in the podcast link. Um, so we can actually hear your voice and, and be able to respond to you. So I think that's those are, are, are both really good perspectives as well. Uh, and then it comes to the third point. So the third point I wanted to, to get in across, um, which is, I, I guess, won't be 
as um, robust of a, a topic as why we're going to keep, you know, um, proceeding, why we're going to keep moving ahead. Uh, even if the, the perspective or the um, demographic is still being sought after, like even though we're, you know, our, our, our focus may not be a laser beam right now, and it's, it's, uh, it's, not misaligned, but it's it's capturing people who necessarily don't want to be um, represented or don't want to be in the show. I think we should just keep pressing forward because people's feedback will let us know where we're hitting the mark and where we're not hitting the mark. Uh, I could have spent another year working on my my thirty second pitch, you know what I mean, for the show. But I, I think what we have going currently um, definitely is a platform that is not necessarily being uh, presented. Uh, there are other groups, uh, as Shannon shared a CIA article with me, you have the American Indian Science Engineering Society, you have the Black Data Processing Associates, you have Black and Brown Founders, uh, Black Girls Code, Blacks in Technology, or BIT, which I'm a member of in Florida, uh, Code 2040, uh, Digital Undivided, uh, National Action Council for Minorities in Engineering, National Society of Black Engineers, Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers, uh, the list goes on from there. Um, so there are groups, if you feel as though you are being underrepresented that you may wanna join. Uh, we hope to, to um, be able to capture a lot of those people. Like I would like to speak to people from those groups. I like to have interviews with those types of people. I like to, you know, uh, one day interview the, uh, the Florida uh, black and I, uh, IT chapter head or um, the, the Blurge group um, uh, CEO or there's a there's a, a, a doctor I want to talk to um, uh, Dr. Suggs uh, I believe is how you pronounce her name she's the uh, a cybersecurity expert I definitely want her on the show one day but I don't quite have to count so <laughs> gotta, gotta build up right that, right but uh, I, I think we should just keep pressing on, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think to, to sit there and then try to um, to tighten the brand before you launch would have just been us spinning our wheels and continuously um, uh, thinking of a target that may be yeah. um, I'd rather, you know, get on, get on the path and start to figure out what people need, uh, what those wants are, and then to start getting people on the show to um, basically explain or give ideas to people who want to get into IT or uh, people who feel as though they're stuck at a certain level and they want to uh, to get to the other side of the firewall or yeah, that, for sure. that glass ceiling, so to speak. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think it's a it's a work in progress. I mean, I think it's great that, like, like you said, that we need to just get it started and get the get the ball rolling and and kind of see where the you know, the cards are lay, and just uh, you know make the changes and modifications along the way to make sure that we're covering topics and covering. Uh, subjects that we need to and, and make sure people feel like uh, that they're getting something out of it. I think that's the most important important thing that we uh, or make sure that we're providing, you know, kind of providing the service that people um, hopefully will make an impact and help help people along that um, they have interest in IT, that they want to see, you know, people of color be successful or Black people or uh, Native Americans, Latin Amer Americans be successful in their careers. And um you know, I think going from here, just it's just a matter of, of making sure that we, you know, uh, listen to the feedback and, and hopefully as we start building our audience, we can we can gather some of that feedback and, and make it even better than what it is now. 
Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so there is no good segue between <laughs> topic one and topic two. <laughs> yeah. So. Hey, listeners. Please remember that you can support this podcast directly by becoming members of the show's Patreon. Here, you'll be able to listen to the podcast seven days early, completely ad-free. However, in these trying times, we understand that you may not be able to become a Patreon just yet. In that case, please listen to the show once it's available on free feeds, leave us constructive feedback, and share with your blurred friends and family. Thank you. Well, I, I can lead into it. There's no problem. I was going to say, uh, I was just going to okay. start off with, just like you kind of leading towards it's, uh, you know, we were just talking about some very important, like, uh, you know, the uh, very important topic as far as just how we're running the show and how, uh, you know, how people feel and get represented in, uh, in, the, in the United States. But um, leading to the next topics, be you know, a little bit more just focused on some some news within within industry, and which can kind of dis- discuss a little bit about um, uh, a surveillance uh, phone surveillance tool. So essentially, we have uh, we have. Uh, we gathered this article. It's from the, the Intercept, theintercept.com, and an article by Sam Richards. And it basically just a uh, article discub, discub, uh, describing a uh, powerful mobile phone surveillance tool um, that operates in obscurity across the, the country. So it's a uh, essentially the com- the company's called Cellhawk, and uh, they've, they've developed a uh, a tool that is used by law enforcement by FBI and other organizations, any like kind of law enforcement organization, uh, private investigators to convert information collected by cell phone providers uh, to in, into like maps of people's locations, movements, and relationships. So essentially, it just it, it can track, or it, it it's it it receives like the input of data from uh, from these investigators, and it can kind of parse the data and then throw it out into a nice uh, you know. Uh, map or a diagram or plots of, of data that they can that can easily be digested by by the organization so essentially it's 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 a tool you know analytical tool that these organizations are using to to, to parse our data and um, i think obviously this is becoming more and more concerning uh for for some people in general with ai and just analytics uh just being able to uh make it easier for people to, you know, essentially like digest or to, to understand uh, maybe personal information or private information from individuals. Obviously, I think in this case, the, the law enforcement, they have to have like, uh, um, they have to have a, uh, what's the word? Um, A warrant for the, the data. Yeah. A warrant for the data to be able to like retrieve it. But I guess the the fact that these tools are available um, that kind of help them make their jobs easier and then they can just process the data pretty, pretty quick. Um, it also has, you know, this concerns of, of people using the, the tool for, uh, you know, for malicious purposes, if they have access to that, that resource, um, you know, there's been stories out there where maybe law enforcement had has gathered access to somebody's data maybe without full um you know without a full warrant or things of that nature but there's tools out there that that make it make it kind of easier for them to parse through it and and get the information that they need quickly and uh, maybe fly a little bit underneath the radar but 
with the story, I just want to kind of bring it up to you guys and just kind of get your perspective and if you guys had any, any input on on these kind of tools and, and this kind of uh, this so, kind of a process. So yeah, there. so what you were saying, right? Yeah, so like the warrants thing is kind of what comes into play here. So um, and according to the article from the Intercept, right, that you were referencing, um, they have a they have a quote in here or they have a, a statement in here. Police use Cellhawk to process data sets they routinely receive from cell carriers like AT AT and T and Verizon, typically in vast spreadsheets and often without a warrant. So what you were talking about is it's a parser for information that they already have, right? Like they're already free. They're getting this information freely. I don't know how often. It may be once a week, once. A week whatever the information is already there for them right it's just a matter of parsing through it right so this is kind of this is different from i know it was a few it was a couple of weeks ago i might have, i don't think it was last week i think it was a couple of weeks ago i bought about the stingrays right so stingrays are devices that impersonate a cell tower that you get people to connect to mm-hmm. right and then you start getting all their information because as it stated as it shows in this article that information is already stored by the telecommunications uh, uh companies right your ATTs, AT&Ts, your Verizons, your T-Mobiles, you know, mm-hmm. your, uh, well, I guess that's it. Sprint's no longer one of the big four, right? They've merged. But um, but yeah, so the information is already made available and it's a matter of parsing through it. So it's one of those things where it's not like the police are going to come to you and be like, mm-hmm. hey, give me your phone. They don't have to do that anymore, right? But we don't need a warrant to come and get your phone. Information is being made available right. to us. And if we want to do something nefarious, we can, as with anything, right? As with anyone. Right. It could be um, it goes along the lines of what we're talking about with security as well. Right. People are your biggest vulnerability. Right. Your insider threats. So if you have a rogue law enforcement officer of some type, again, I'm not saying that is the case. But if you have one that just wants to go through and spy on his ex-girlfriend for whatever reason, he knows, you know what I'm saying? Like he knows where she's at, what tower she's connecting to. And he just wants to look and see what she's up to, see who she's 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 dating or who she's talking mm-hmm. to find out where she's been from her gps coordinates i mean you just look at all the stuff like we live by our phones nowadays right like we do everything through our phone i don't i don't like how many landlines are really out there anymore right you know what i'm saying so it's not like it's not like it we're That's making true. it harder for the police to yeah. get this information anyway right or law enforcement to get this information anyway it's readily available to them because of how we've chosen to live our lives now um, again, you got people that that there's a scale there, right? It's one of those things right. where it's like, okay, do we want them to have this so they can find the criminals and everything can happen or everything can be stopped before it happens? You know what I mean? If they see, uh, you know, if they find bodies in a field somewhere, like, okay, well, there's a cell mm-hmm. tower out here. Let's see what numbers have been connecting to this, right? Like, it's one of those things where, okay, you caught the bad guys, right? But it's a little bit different when it's gone too far a different way right this is one of those things where people are right. like i love my security right i'm one i'm one of those people i'm like well i'm not doing anything wrong right so I'm, i don't i don't care look look through it all you want you know what i mean but but it, it's one of those things where mm-hmm. um it's uh, yeah. uh like you guys ever seen judge dread movie judge dread alone and what are your favorite you oh yeah Remember how they yeah. created the well, picture of him as the baby? They had a the, well, the other guy. I can't remember his name. Um, it wasn't Dread. It was his his clone brother or whatever it was. They created that picture. Like that picture was not a real picture. So are we going to get into right. a, a position where all of a sudden information is going to start getting created? It's going to be manipulated. You know what I mean? It's going to be deep fake deep fake sale records. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's what people may be worried about is going to go like you don't right. know how far down the line it can go so at what point do you want to stop it i am the law 
I don't, <laughs> I don't I obviously don't want that, right? But um so my, my concern is I read an article, there there's a piece missing I just don't understand. Like so I get I get that uh they they subpoena um phone carriers for data. But when they get it, are they getting it on specific people? Or when they say a dump, are they saying everything that hit that tower? Like, so my thing is, if you, if you, uh, a, a warrant requires uh, reasonable suspicion or something of that, I'm not a lawyer, but something to that effect. So we believe that a crime was committed and we believe that this person may have committed or he may have connected this tower, so on and so forth. I get that. But it seems as though they're getting a lot more information for private citizens that are not involved in the subpoena. And that's a lot of information. I'm not sure how that works. And that's the part I don't like. Like, I don't want you to pull my records just because you're pulling his records. Like, I want you to catch the criminal, but I don't want you to be able to, um, I don't know, get me for a speeding ticket or something to that effect. I don't even know they can even parse data to that effect, right? But I'm just saying, like, I don't want to be caught up in a misdemeanor for you trying to find this capital, you know, murder suspect. Like, I don't think the two should be intertwined. However, they may not be. My 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 other concern would be, um, it's it's the it's not the clarity in which they can get the information, but it's I, I don't know. Like when I when I read the article. They said they were able to use your, your text, your call, and your right. uh, yeah. they didn't call it they didn't call it lift information, but basically like if you use an application to get like yeah, ride share information. So that blew me because so how is ride share information um uh I guess carried? Like is it part of my cell phone call? Is it part of the data that I went of once I used the tower? Or so are did, the rideshare companies sharing that information? Um, for didn't we already get permission for that, though? So so like, when you start so adding all these apps onto your phone, it asks for all those permissions, clear. right? Like, that's that's probably exactly where they're getting it from. Like, how many of us actually look through when it says we need permission to these yes. things? We look and see its contacts. It's, it's, uh, yes, that's, that's what I'm saying, though, is we probably willingly gave it up. I don't have enough time. That's the thing. <laughs> But it's pretty crazy how they can plot all this stuff out. Like again, it's pretty cool. Like I know a little bit of how cell phone towers work. Like how they they um, can kind of figure out you're heading towards this location to this tower. So I'll start to bleed over to the other tower. So you're you're able to um, transceive on two towers at once. That's how cops are able to say, well, this person was in this area because he was connected to these two towers or these three towers or what have you. Um, so I always find that fascinating, but when you look at the the GUI that pops up for the information that they're tracking, there's a lot of information. And they parse it quickly, um, too. And that They parse it quickly. Pretty, yeah, what well, well, would take a detective probably, uh, you know, a week or more to uh, to try to figure out um, they're able to do in um, Yeah, minutes. I think that's the, you know, maybe from a, from a technical aspect, I think it's very interesting. I think it's it's kind of cool in that respect that it's you know, people are able to automate these these kind of processes, and um, I think in general, I, IT is all about automation and, and trying to make things like smoother and quicker, um, making things easier for people to do without having to, you know, like physically like print out some paperwork and like look through some logs and you know highlight you know a particular car record that looks like it's the one that you're looking for. I mean, 
doing things like that, it's, it's kind of like almost like ancient times. And if you, if you kind of uh, think about it nowadays, people don't really uh, do a lot of, well, I think most people aren't working with paper daily. They mostly work with like, you know, with the computers and, and electronic equipment. But, you know, obviously that, that part is kind of cool, but obviously it's the, the other side of it where, you know, now they have access, you know, they have quick access to this data and, and, you know, if they're not, if certain pieces of data aren't requiring warrants or they're not getting warrants for certain things and you can just like grab whatever you like and uh, quickly parse to it, maybe, you know, over, you know, over a lunch break, you just grab somebody's phone records and parse to it and get whatever you need. Um, and if it's for some malicious, you know, somebody that has bad intentions that trying to find out what their ex-wife has been doing or what have you, or ex-husband, you know, ex-husband, whatever, you got to be, uh, it's a little concerning in, in that respect. And, you know how easily the data can be uh be gathered and but i guess that they have to just you know these organizations and uh groups have to put i don't know security measures in, in place to make sure that people aren't doing uh bad things with the data make sure that they're monitored and the access to the equipment is kind of uh you know uh, is 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 restricted to the people that need to have access to it and it's like documented as far as who logs in at what time what records they're looking at um, so that people can easily retrieve it, and it can't, you know, so those those people as well can't just delete their, hide their, uh, any trace of them connecting to the service and and you know finding the data that they need. Um, and I think that's probably the best way to kind of, uh, you know, ensure that that's not happening. Um, in the same respect, just the public information. If somebody's just just trying to find some general, I don't know, some random person out the blue, like, huh, somebody cut me off in the intersection. Um, let me try to find them in this database and see where they've been. Uh, so Brian, that may be uh, a little bit more concerning. So Ryan, I know you, I know you brought up offline, right? Like at right. what point does this so become there, like some... minority? Oh, reports, go ahead. Right. Like, are we really stopping crimes before they happen? You know what I mean? Like, we wanna... mm-hmm. like, like I like the movie, but again, the premise of it is, <laughs> ooh, that is a little sticky, right? Yeah. And there, there are some implications of the future to that. There, there are some, there are some uh, agencies looking into precognition where they can, use AI as well as uh, analysts to determine future crime. So perhaps you circle that bank several times. Oddly enough, you know, maybe you want to rob that bank type situation. Like, I don't, I don't know if that'll ever happen, but you can even, I, I, I don't know, man. It's, um, I, it's, I'm of two, two um, minds about it. Like, I, I love the fact that um, there was an arsonist um, who during the riots, um, he, he started to fire like a police precinct or something like that. Like he was not there to um, demonstrate for black lives. He was there to create, create anarchy, right? Mm-hmm. So in the stairwell of the, uh, the police precinct, um, another rioter caught film of the person. They're able to pinpoint like this. These two people were in this stairwell at this time when the fire erupted at this time and they're able to trace this guy, get a picture of him off somebody else's cell phone because of social media and then find him when he returned back to his home state, which is awesome. He caught an arsonist who was not there to support the movement. Got it. But like, uh, I'm, I'm a person who's, who's big in the tech. I don't care if you're tracking me and following me. I want the convenience. But what about the person who does not want those conveniences? He or she is still being captured by my data. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't want to, if you want to stay off the grid, but you're around people with uh, mobile devices, you are mm-hmm. still in the grid. Like, you can't, you right. can't escape it. 
Like it's it's kind of like the whole secondhand smoke. Like oh, you're smoking, that only affects you, but no, it affects the person mm-hmm. next to you too. It's it's kind of like our technology is bleeding onto oh, yeah. other people, even like cameras. And there's going to be yeah. ramifications, especially because the internet is written in, in ink, right? Like you do something <laughs> dumb when you're younger, so and then you become a model citizen when you're older. We have receipts for decades. Now. <laughs> like you're in a database somewhere doing something wrong. Everyone's going to have a, a criminal criminal misdemeanor. They may, they may not have had cell you know phones I mean? like back in the eighties, but the you know, they you got you in and dumb. We'll blackface at college, right? Like that's how it goes. Right. That is very true. Yeah. That stuff resurfaces, and now it's even more detailed mm-hmm. than ever. So I just don't, I don't, I don't know what the implications are. And then uh, <laughs> I, I worry for uh, my kids' generation because I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want the, I want the convenience. I would, I would love for my toaster to know I like my toast to be to be charred a certain way at a certain time. Right. Like I, I the other day, like I, I've been over here for uh, a couple months now. My phone, when I woke up gave me my route to work i'm like yo i how do you even know (laughs) (laughs) like you know i leave at this time and i go here and i'm like that is so cool inconvenient because you reminded me i need to go to work at the same time remember that remember that when you've uh when you've littered right right over a bush or something (laughs) like that you know what i mean they got you for littering because you walk this way to work every day you know yes it's it's 1984. We we live in in Orwellian times. Like it's only a matter of time. Right. Like my TOC is watching me. So I mean, like we we are there. <laughs> we we live in those times. Yeah, now. absolutely. I, and I just like I, I think it's interesting. Like you you brought up, and I really thought about it as much um, until you said it that you know everybody's data is out there, and you know I think tools are getting more, are getting a lot smarter, a lot more readily available that people can use just to, oh, I want to find a picture of you in, in high school when you were, uh, you know, you know, you're doing something bad or when you posted this one thing on Twitter back in, you know, I don't know, back when Twitter first came out, I can't remember when, I don't know when Twitter first started, but you're just trying to find some old, old, you know, some old information about somebody that's been posted on the internet. And a lot of these tools nowadays can, can do that for you. And, uh, you know, even a just regular search engine can find a lot of data about somebody, but if you got tools specific that, analyze data over the, the web and has access to, I don't know, some, some, uh, some dark web information, what, what have you, you can find a lot about people and it's, uh, that could be kind of scary, you know, and even if you're trying to stay off the, yeah. uh, stay off, stay yeah. off the, 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 I forgot, the, I forgot what the word is, but just, you're trying to off the grid. Yeah. So you're stay off the grid. Um, you're kind of forced back in the grid, even if you're, you know, a person that doesn't use cell phone, you just even walk in the streets and camera catches you walking down the street and sees you at this particular time. And, you know, I have the facial recogni- uh, recognition that can see, you know, that you are the person that walked down the street and I don't know, see your height, your weight. And, um, you know, if you had a yeah, the, the, right walk. walk and all this kind of stuff, you know, yeah, it's, it's stuff that, yeah. you know, you gotta be aware of. And I know, I understand people can be very concerned about it. And, um, yeah, who knows yeah. what the future? You have to you have to look at you have to look at some uh, some uh, provident is it Providence in in China or prefecture? I don't think prefecture is Japan. I think I Providence. Think it's, is, uh, that's China. right. Please please correct me if I'm wrong, um, but they have some of their cities where they're testing out. Um, uh, I forget what they call it, but it's something akin to um, good citizen point. So your phone is your your bank card. Your phone is your everything. It's your it's your pass to the city, right? And it, it tracks you at all times. So 
when you leave for the morning to go to work, it's tracking the, the data, how long it takes you to get to work and all that good stuff, right? It lets you onto the train because it's your, um, your passport or your, your, um, your debit card to charge you for the, the, the token. But then it's also how you purchase your goods and services. So they're tracking what you're purchasing, how you're eating. So if you're a person with hypertension and you go and buy products that have lots of sodium in it, your reputation is lowered because you're not being a good citizen because you're costing, costing citizens to have to pay for your health care and take care of you later on and so on and so forth. I think it is awesome because it's happening to somebody else. I don't want that to happen to me. <laughs> I don't want citizen points. I want to be able to consume and do as I want. Um, I think that vacations are cool for a movie, but in real life, it, it's terrifying where you could not have the ability to go to certain places or to um, be extended certain services. Let's say you try to Uber eat something that is not good for you. The, the, the nation state could be like, no, you can't have that. You can have this though. Oh, yeah, I'll send you some tofu. You want a midnight snack. You can't have none of this, this you, you uh, know, I, delicious ramen. You know what I mean? Like it's just- I, I gotta like be honest that. with you. Like, I'm surprised we're not farther along. There's too much technology uh, than that. So, so I'll tell you like this, I was in, when I was stationed in South Korea, and now, you know, we always had, we have the, what is it, like the Samsung Pay, Google Pay, just put your phone up to something and pay for it, right? Like been very prevalent in the last five to seven years or so, I would say, probably in the States. I was seeing this in, right. in South Korea back in 2009, 2010, like people just taking their phones, going up to, uh, going up to like vending machines and whatnot and paying for stuff. And I was like, that is cool. And I, and what I what I started to notice was that, when you start getting into, you know, those Asian uh, countries and whatnot, they want to do things to prove they can do them, right? To prove that it can be done. Um, it's not necessarily for profit or anything of those lines. They're not in it. It doesn't seem like they're in it to make a buck as all businesses are in it to make a buck, right? But that was one of those things where I'm sure back 10 years ago, they were losing money on that, right? But they were like something we can do. So like, to say that you're seeing that happening now, I'm like, well, I remember this right, from 10 right. years ago. I'm surprised we're not way back. I'm surprised the minority report stuff like with the board is not like readily available out there in those Asian countries. Because it was a real technology when minority report came out, mind you, right? Like the big screen and whatnot he would do with his fingers. I think it was I think it was at MIT at the time was where they where they got it from. So like I'm surprised it's just not readily available yeah. over there somewhere and that they're they're just not so much farther ahead. So, I, I, and this is a, a side tangent. Um, I had to write a paper about um, the chip when the chip first started to hit the states. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. The the chip in your credit card, uh, EMV or EVM or something like that. It's, it's based on uh, Visa, Mastercard, and there's another big card carrier over in Europe. Um, so the the big thing is like fifty percent of uh, of all credit card fraud was due to uh, skimmers and, and imprints of credit card numbers. So just having your number and the, the strip, the magnetic strip on the card are um, what criminals use to steal your data and then make purchases on your behalf, right? Just those two simple things. So they're like, listen, we have to do something because we're losing so much money. Um, so they created the, uh, the chip and they removed the numbers off of the card and they removed the magnetic strip. You just had the chip and your pen. That was it. They tried to push that here in the States and 
it did not work originally. That's what. It, that's why we're just now starting to see it really come to uh to it to head. It took almost a. I think it was a decade, only because over there the people, uh, so, yeah. socialism uh, mindset is we're doing this for the great the the people, right? Even though it, it it's really helping out the credit card company because they're losing the money, but it's 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 the mindset is. Uh, if we do this for the people, uh, the people will support it. And then by us not bleeding, we won't have to charge them more money, so on and so forth, right? Greater good. Uh, you come to the States with that that craziness. It was like, listen, are you paying for it? And you going to uh, replace all the readers in our establishment? They're like, no, you need to do that for your people. They're like, our people are fine. <laughs> like, unless you're paying for it, we're not upgrading these systems. And then you had the uh, the Target breach. You had the uh, wow, Max breach. You had uh, there was a, a, a tar- there was it was a Target twice. I can't remember, but there was a third breach. It was wow. Yeah, they were like, listen, take them damn numbers off <laughs> them cards. <laughs> we can't afford this anymore. Like people are are going to stop uh, accepting our uh, credit report um, giveaways because they already have them several times over. We need to do something. So then they started to actually fund the movement to, to make them disappear. So I, I have a couple cards now that don't have numbers on them. Um, it's not my own doing. I didn't request the cards. Like, they, were, they were like, there's a card in the mail. Your other card's going to stop working type situation. So, yeah, No, I, I, I definitely think, I think EMV is the chip because, card. Euro pay, uh, master capitalism. There you go. Oh, that's <laughs> my Thank you. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, they they were the, the the big three. They were like, "No, we need to do something." Because it was like fifty two percent of all fraud, uh, of all credit card fraud, was due to those those. So, so here, like, pull that off the card. Exactly, exactly, so exactly right. America, so, like, think about it like, now. Like, if you have to enter credit that. card information, how do you do that if you don't have the numbers? <laughs> well, now you right? go read you them cards. CVV code. You don't have an expiration. Like, how, like everything we have is set up to that. Give me those sixteen numbers. Give me the expiration. Date, the CVV code and. It, like you're like online ordering right now, especially this past year, has just exploded, right. right? So, how many people have their credit cards, you know, stored somewhere, you know, whether it be for a food app or Amazon or you know, whatever, something along those lines? So, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think what they're trying to do now is they're trying to convert it all to your your phone being your your credit card and what have you. But um, still, there's there's still a bunch of of hoops you need to jump through to completely remove the numbers, like. So those cards that don't have that, and I think it's um, and what's the word embroiled, um, imprinted numbers on the top. They no longer have those. They still have the numbers, but they're on the back now, where the magnetic strip would be. They're just printed out numbers. So I still have numbers, but they're no longer raised uh, impressions oh. on the card, so they can't be easily uh, copied. And then there's no magnetic strip at all, so it can't be skimmed. So it's it's literally your your card going into the reader, and it's the the reader reading the chip. So it makes it hard for, harder for um, uh, skimmers to be to be used because there's no magnetic no magnetic strip um, to be had. I'm sure there's already something out there that's defeating these these measures, but in the grand scheme of things, it it, it was to to make you a little bit safer. Um, and I think in your phone, it's associated with a token. So that way you don't, it's, I can't remember, it's something about the randomized the number due to the token and the token is safe because of multi-factor authentication and so on and so forth. Um, I need to look into it because I think that'd be interesting to talk about on the, uh, on the show. 
but they're they're trying. But mm-hmm. criminals are gonna be criminals. Absolutely. Gotcha. But, um, oh, quick correction: April Christina Curley. She was the black diversity recruiter for Google. She was, there is an Abigail that was fired by uh, Google, but it's totally unrelated. If you Google <laughs> Abigail fired by Google, it pops up. I don't know who that lady is. <laughs> it may have been something that bled over that, that shouldn't right. be on the internet. Right. <laughs> that HR department. Hey, that's funny. Um, but yeah, but I think that wraps it for the first uh, two topics. So, so, so here's uh, the thing. Before we even like get into this, right? I did study what we've been playing. Look, I even sent proof. I sent visual proof. Oh yeah, it's been sent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, uh, no, I, I did. This week. So I was actually, I was actually on this week, so I had a lot more time. You know, I wasn't going into work. I wasn't into work, so I got the study time in. But I actually. I started playing uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. I know you had mentioned it last week too, Levon, and and man, I, I like I like the game. You know what I mean? I like the game. Now I had the previous Spider-Man, right? And that was a mm-hmm. good one as well. And the mechanics are almost the same. Like there's some small differences and whatnot, but that's my Spider-Man Miles Morales is pretty good. I still I still mm-hmm. haven't seen uh, Into the Spider Verse or whatever it is. I've, I've oh, yeah, that's what I keep being told is I got to see that. Yeah, oh, even one one of the suits oh, in, in the Miles Morales one is like yeah, the animated see that one. from the yeah. from the, the movie. I'm like, oh, that's it's, weird. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 my critique of it is it's it's pretty clever. Like you watch the movie, you're like, oh, okay, it's it's pretty. Yeah, you, know, you already know the story, but just the way that they put it together and their emphasis on Miles, you're like, oh, okay, that's that's really clever. I like where they're going. Right, I, I agree with you. I, so, but I haven't yeah, played the game yeah. yet, though. No, I, I, you definitely got to check out uh, Into the Spider Verse. It's definitely one of my, uh, I don't know. I'd say, I'd say it's one of my favorite movies of, uh, of the last couple of years. I, I forgot if it came out in 2019 yeah. or 2020. Yeah. I think it's 2019, right, or something like that. Maybe even before that. Okay. Uh, was it 18? Might have been. Yeah, I think it was like 18, a couple of years. Maybe. Yeah, but it's. Uh, I really liked that movie. I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, some of it's a little little crazy, but overall, I think they did a great job with the movie, and it's. Uh, um, uh, I think it's uh, worth it's, worth taking a little time out. I think it's on uh, it Disney Plus. It might be on HBO still. No. I'm sorry, HBO, but uh, Netflix. Netflix still. Ah, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's still on Netflix. Yeah, because Marvel Studios Netflix and something yeah, like because yeah. it's just yeah, so they made the deal right. Right, like Spider Man right. come into Marvel for a couple of the yeah. movies, but it was like a was it a cost sharing thing or something like that? Or gotcha, mm-hmm. gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, if if he's by himself, it's Sony money. If he's with the Avengers, right. it's, it's MCU money. Yeah, I think that's the the split. But it, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I w- I would say it, it's probably because Spider Man is my favorite um, superhero. Batman is real close though, but Spider Man takes it. Um, obviously, I'm crossing universes with that, <laughs> with that comment. But um, really, uh, I would say it's it's in my top five. Yeah. Top five Spider-Man flicks because I mean there's so like there's right the three now, with Toby, yeah, you had the two that were the amazing, you had two Spider-Man with uh, right. Tom Holland, with three, the, four, five, six, seven, and then if you account like if you account for the Avengers movies, I don't know if you will or not, but yeah. like he he was in some of those too. So yeah, so I would say because uh, I I really did enjoy the uh, uh, what was my man's first name that was a uh, Spider-Man <laughs> Tobey Maguire. I enjoyed the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Right. The second one was okay. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, the amazing ones, 
the amazing ones didn't really do it for me. I didn't yeah. really like that wow. game. Uh, too much. But uh, I would say in that case, I will put it top three. Oh, dang. Because I, I, I love the new Spider-Man. I, I love the new Spider-Man and, and uh, Into Spider-Verse. It, it, really, it, it really hit uh, the, a lot. You know what's crazy is the game soundtrack is pretty like, good, too. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. Really yeah, like Miles yeah. is, so I don't I know if he makes there. music or something. I don't know. But like some of the, the music you hear is it? in the game is pretty good, too. I was like, oh, man, that's kind of more of a hip-hop flavor to it. You know what I mean? So I guess you got to kind of like that, maybe. I don't know. But I think mixes music or something like that there's a line where he mentions it to his mom i'm not trying to give it away but no it's a, it's a good game. I, haven't, I haven't finished it yet I've, I've only had it for a few days but no it's, it's pretty good <laughs> <laughs> that is true yeah. I, i'm still on ps4 and, and like my ps4 I'm, sometimes I'm sounds like i don't know what it is oh, trying to get sounds like a jet engine yeah. turning off i don't know what's going on I don't, yeah yeah <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they did an iPhone on me and they started throttling it, and maybe it's not yeah. gonna work as well. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> no, man, it's it's trying to cool itself down. It's like, what are you doing? Like the the same same thing. The Last of Us. Did you play The Last of Us Two on it, or because uh, I'm playing The Last of Us Two currently on uh, a coworker's PS4 Pro, and it doesn't sound that bad. But Final Fantasy VII Remake, wow. mine at home. I it, I had to put it behind the TV because it was drowning out the, uh, <laughs> the center track. That's how long hey, it was. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I got to muffle you, which is, you know, constricting, constricting air. So right. it's killing it even quicker. Right, right. <laughs> I am the law. <laughs> yeah, it spins up even higher. It's like, can you hear me now? It's behind your TV. Like, yeah. <laughs> I am the law. Listen to me. <laughs> I'm going to watch that. Like, now that you brought it up, I'm going to watch it. Is, yeah, is that Demolition, Demolition Man is one of my favorites back in the day, too. <laughs> <laughs> But you have something to do. I never figured it out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The three seashells. <laughs> Still trying to. No, no, no one has. No one's figured it out yet. Yeah, that's my. Yeah, that's a good one too. But uh, well, yeah, what about so you? I just, uh, what actually doing? just finished Last of Us two. Just the uh, maybe two days, two three days ago, and uh, man, that was a, that was a great game. They did a great job on. <laughs> Let me tell you how it ends, all right? So this is what happens at the end. <laughs> oh, don't do it. <laughs> no, no, of course not. No spoilers, no spoilers. But no, they just did a great job. I think the person that directs it, I forgot his name, but I looked him up afterwards. I was just like... Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he does a, a great job with the story. And, you know, he's the he, same person behind, like, the Uncharted games. And all those games are have been, you know, blockbusters as well. And uh, this one's no different. Obviously, the first Last of Us was great. The second one is just as good, if not better. Um, and uh, you know, kind of the twists and turns with the 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 story. Just I think it's really good. And obviously, the action and all the uh, dealing with the zombies and things like that, and dealing with the people that the, the different sects or different uh, groups that you know come after you um, throughout the game is is pretty pretty intense. Right. But uh, yeah, I've been really enjoying that. I finished that up, and uh, I played it. Actually, I hopped between the PS4 and the PlayStation 5, because uh, depending on which room I was in. So we're not, but, uh, hold, 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 not, not going to go past it. So you tell me that, and I've been playing a little bit of uh, Destiny. Well, yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> he's like, he's like, when, I, when I'm in the chat, I play on the PS5. The West Wing. <laughs> 
No, no, I, I have, I have one. Has the PS, the old PS4 is in the bedroom. It's a smaller TV, but I put the PS5 oh, on, on the big screen, try sorry. to get the, the full experience. So I had to had to switch it up. So yeah, no, that's all good. No, no, that's, I don't, I don't have a. Unfortunately, I don't have a West Wing. I don't have a, a, a butler that that uh, <laughs> that serves me hors, hors d'oeuvres when I'm uh, when I get a little famished from gaming too long. <laughs> but at uh, yeah, but so no, I just uh, hop between the two countries, and obviously, like you mentioned before, PS4 just like it definitely you know struggles a little bit, definitely spins up. You can hear it, uh, hear the fans kicking off, but uh, PS5 is pretty smooth. I haven't really heard much. I hear noise here now and then. Mostly, I think when the drive is actually spilling, spinning up, uh, like the disc uh, itself. But um, besides that, it seems pretty quiet. Um, and I think the uh, Xbox is the same way. It's like really quiet. I think it's I think it might be one of the, the quietest concerts I've ever had. But, um, yeah. Oh, wow. Because, yeah, because uh, the uh, one, what was it, Xbox One? Yeah, Xbox One, um, last generation. Yeah. It was pretty quiet. So if it's, if it's just yeah, quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, overall, I mean, not to, like, talk about too much, but I, I think they did a great job designing the Xbox, just the actual, like, when you actually look at the architect and, like, the, in, the innards, um, how they were able to kind of like streamline it or kind of like consolidate it into that box as opposed to you know, PS5 is kind of, it's, it's, it's big. It's no doubt about it. It's bigger than like the PS3, which is was huge in itself. Uh, but it's uh it's, it's a monster. So it's, uh, it's, uh, I think it's pretty impressive that Microsoft was able to kind of design Xbox how it is, but you know, obviously much, much respect to PlayStation because it's, it's a fun console. It's, you know, it's right up there. They they pretty much have very similar specs, the two consoles. Um, and uh, I'm definitely going to be hopping in between both of them playing. I still got to finish off a Final Fantasy VII remake as well, as you mentioned it. Um, oh, man. Like, yeah, you yeah. That, we I need to hop about. back into that one. Oh, let me say this real quick, because I've been actually, I've played like three consoles the last week. I, I was playing Switch. I was playing the Batwa, as we call it, Breath of the Wild. Um, I, 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 yeah, that's how we call it. Batwa. I don't know what that is. <laughs> 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 B-O-T-W, Batwa. <laughs> it was a friend of mine said that to me one time. I thought it was hilarious. I was like, I'm going to start calling it that. You can call it Batwa. But it's uh, Breath of the Wild, Zelda. We've been playing that. And we're we're just finished off a uh, second one of the one of the second divine beast so we're we're making a progress we'll hopefully finish it before the next week uh but playing that quite a bit actually okay. more than everything else um in the last couple of days but yeah gotcha yes yeah, an uh, excellent game yeah I, I um i was at the community center here and the guy was playing it for the first time and it's just hilarious how you the first 30 yeah. minutes is just you dying over and over again, right? You kind of figure out the mechanics, right. So I'm just, I'm over there chuckling. He's getting mad. I'm like, I'm not laughing at you. I'm just like, yeah, everything is going to kill you. For like the yeah. first thirty minutes. <laughs> is this, yeah, is and let me you tell you learn. this. I don't want to drag this out too long. I know we're kind of getting going a little late, but I just wanted to say that for me, like after having not played it for actually a couple of years, I actually stopped playing it and just not getting back into it. But just trying to learn the controls again, and the thing with Nintendo, they like to use the, the confirmation button is the far button. I think it's their, their the A button, but it's on the 
it's on the outside of the controller, like closest to like yeah. the right side of the controller. Bottom. I'm so used to the confirmation being like the X button, like you'd be on the PlayStation or the, uh, I think it's like the A button is like on, yeah, it's like the bottom button. So I'm like, I'm constantly like hitting the wrong button, trying to do things in the game and killing myself or like, uh, you know, uh, instead of like swiping my sword or something, I'm like, you know, canceling out or something like, I don't know. I'm like uh, jumping or running instead of I'm, you know, trying to, trying to, uh, you know, swipe the sword. So I, I find myself doing that constantly. So I'm just trying to get back into that, that, that mindset that the confirmation button is on the far right hand side and not, not the bottom where I'm used to it being. But it's just one of those little nuances that I had to, had to, had to uh, get myself out of that, that habit of hitting that confirmation button on the bottom. But yeah, that's my story. So I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel that. Yeah, it is. It is different. I haven't played in so yeah. long, though. I, I can't even remember um, how to control anything. I, I've been, I've been doing the same thing. I've been playing my Switch. Uh, I've been playing uh, mm. a lot of Tetris ninety nine, like um, competitive Tetris. I don't know if you know about uh, ninety nine, Shannon, but it's yeah. you versus ninety eight other people. You're all playing Tetris as you clear lines. You're throwing mm-hmm. uh, bricks yeah. at other people. It's crazy. I've seen that. It's like. It's like uh, Tetris yeah. Battle Royale. Uh, I've, I've come oh, in third once, but usually I'm like, yeah, I, I've never won it. It's, it's, yeah. it's usually uh, pretty brutal. And then, because um, Mario just had his 35th anniversary, they have Mario 35, which is you playing against 34 other people playing the original Mario. Um, and as you clear enemies, they go to other people's screens. So you're wow. playing like World 1-1. And you have like mad turtles everywhere. And you're like, yeah. what is happening? <laughs> Why are there so many shells? I, I don't think I'm. So, I don't think I'm on that level. Right? I came in, <laughs> I came in nine once, and I was Dang, very impressed with myself. Yeah, I, I, know, I know. Quick, quick Tetris story. So I got it for like <laughs> Xbox some years Man, ago, right? And I had uh, me and the wife. Okay, this Mario out here. This was like the only game she would play with me, right? She was fairly good at Tetris, so I was letting her win. Right, I was letting her win just so we could have the time together on the console and whatnot. And she starts talking trash, and I'm like, "Okay." I was like, "Enough's enough." So then I just start giving her the business, and we just start playing video games mm. against each other. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, I could. The point is, I could beat mm. my wife. I don't know if I could beat 98 other people that do this like all the time. <laughs> I ain't played Tetris, long, but yeah. But if they start talking trash, maybe it'll up my game. Maybe I'll, I'll have it. right. Man. Yeah. So. But yeah, you have a good podcast. Oh, I do, huh? Okay, <laughs> the best podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. I have that in my queue and uh, my next Netflix queue. Uh, I need to uh, hop on that one, and check it out. I have so many shows and movies I'm trying to catch up on. I just have to uh, make my way over to the Last Dance. Definitely want to check that one out. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it, it definitely grabbed my attention because it, like it, it was the same way. Like everybody talked about it a long time ago. Um, I think it came out during the pandemic, right? Or during the the beginning of the pandemic. But I, I, yeah, I, I just kept pushing it off, pushing it off, pushing it off, and then uh, finally I watched one episode here, and then next day I know I, I watched all of them over two days. I was like, man, because you you know I was a kid when this was happening. I was like somewhere between nine and eleven throughout the the course of the, the first um, series that they were killing, and I was like, man, I didn't know about any of this, <laughs> like all these inside stories about Mike yeah. just destroying people. I was like, man. Yeah, yeah, I gotta check that one out. That sounds like a good one for sure. Yeah. Do they have uh, 
Is Dennis Rob Robin up in there somewhere? Yeah, I figured he'd be. Oh yeah, for yeah, sure. He's he's in the, the so, second yeah. the second time they gotcha. yeah. the second. I know he was a he was a character back <laughs> in the day too. <laughs> about oh, the yeah. last dance, so yeah. they're talking they, they about the him. championship in '98. Remember when he was a wrestler for a second? That's in there. Other yeah. times, right throughout their throughout their history with the Bulls. So, like you'll see, even though they're talking about that last year when they were dominant and it was Jordan's last year, like they'll go back to you know uh, when he was getting knocked off in the playoffs by like Detroit and stuff like that. It's not just about the last year, even though it is about that last dance and the last year they had in their dynasty in that dynasty. Yeah, it's just like it, it shows where he got the uh, the energy and passion to finish it out, even though he had he was a, he was still the best player in the league, but he had a lot more competition for the second three P than he had for the first three P. So they they give you that insight, like oh yeah, the reason that he did this is because uh, the the trash talk that happened. You like, dude, just let it go. Like you you've been holding a mm-hmm. grudge for three years. Right. <laughs> But, in dribble uh, the yeah, got in the NBA dreams, 18 years so. and the shoes <laughs> right. yeah. I guess so, he did what he needed to. He got the wins. Helped him, I guess. I guess. And they, they show how those deals were made and stuff like that too. Like he, he originally didn't even want to go with Nike. Now look at him. So it's all it's all good stuff. <laughs> right now I'm I'm vamping for time because my laptop <laughs> cut off. <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to make sure right. I get all the sites right. <laughs> Is that hopefully people are still sticking around. This is the longest episode ever, probably. Like, even though I'm gonna have to, to trim the uh, the intro a little bit, we, we definitely got it in. But that's good though, because most podcasts are, are yeah, awful yeah. I think there. the very first topic was obviously a very important one. Yeah. We talked. I think we talked the longest about that, and uh, I think we uh, covered it pretty good. And of course, I'm sure it's going to come up later in in other discussions. Yeah, and that's a good segue, though, because I, I definitely want people's feedback. Um, so when it comes to providing this feedback, like I said, there's a, a whole link within the uh, the podcast itself. So when you go to your, your, your favorite podcast app, there's a link there where you can leave us a voicemail. But you can also go to www.theothersideofthefirewall.com, which will lead you to the Patreon, which is called The Other Side of the Firewall. It'll lead you to the Twitter, at on underscore firewall our facebook which we have a page and a group now so i started the group uh earlier this week uh i think we currently have like 55 people or so in there i kind of captured them uh low-key it was a different group i had for um military certifications but i noticed that the demographics were pretty similar and the page has been dead for a couple years so i flipped it to being um, the other side of the firewall group and then uh, those people just stayed. And a lot of them liked that I changed it. So I'm like, cool, you got trapped now. So invite your friends. Um, <laughs> during the course of this weekend, I plan to put a, uh, some rules in a group and then start some conversations. Uh, because a Facebook page and group are different. A Facebook page is for advertising. Like, hey, episode, uh, this will be seven, uh, is now live. Please go listen to it. But a group actually allows them to discuss things. So maybe we'll actually get some questions. Uh, we can read on air. Uh, aside from that, we have the Instagram, which is the other side of the, of the FW, FW being firewall. Uh, then you have my Twitter, which is Rye Rye Security Guy. Uh, and then uh, and then mine is just Levon, uh, Levon Maynard. Uh, just L-E-V-O-N-M-A-Y-N-A-R-D. Yeah, so 
you can hit me up on there. But yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely hit us up. Uh, definitely hit up uh, uh, the man who's chisels out of granite over there. Like he has lots of uh, pictures <laughs> showing off his muscles. That's right. <laughs> and, and beat people up. I don't have that. <laughs> right. That's not. That's not what you get on my page. You get some some plain old uh, cybersecurity stuff. Uh, but yeah, definitely, definitely hit us up. Definitely leave us feedback. Uh, thank you to the patrons uh, for listening to the Patreon. Um, this episode seven will go on the Patreon tomorrow. My uh, intent is to put it up there before people wake up on the East Coast. Uh, however, uh, episode six will go live on free feeds. Um, should be midnight East Coast time. So definitely listen to that. Uh, we've been getting a lot of uh, listens. Like it's there's an uptick. But no feedback yet. That's what I'm looking for. Leave us some feedback. Like, even if you just want to put it in the podcast, like, you want to give us five stars, obviously. But then let us know what we're doing wrong. That's fine. <laughs> right, <take> right. <laughs> uh, however you want to leave that feedback. But, uh, yeah, we just want some feedback mm-hmm. so we know we're going in the right direction. That's what's up. So, anything else, guys? Yeah, nothing here either. Happy New Hey, listeners. Please remember that you can support this podcast directly by becoming members of the show's Patreon. Here, you'll be able to listen to the podcast seven days early, completely ad-free. However, in these trying times, we understand that you may not be able to become a Patreon just yet. In that case, please listen to the show once it's available on free feeds. Leave us constructive feedback and share with your blurred friends and family. Thank you.